And evidently, Eminem used to come to games and sit in the stands and he'd wear a mask. Like he'd go in there and wear like a fucking Halloween mask or something so nobody could see who he was and he'd just be sitting out there with the players. So I don't know if you you could uh, corroborate that rumor at any point <laughs> or it'd be a good lead for you to investigate. You can? I definitely can figure that out. Dude, dude, I have so many just... contacts at Ford Field and it, they have to, someone has to know. The Greenlight Podcast welcomes you. Today's a green light episode chalked filled with voices. You're going to hear a lot of them. First, we start off with Chris. He's going to recap the Monday night football game and what the heck the Giants are doing with Daniel Jones. Is it a Daniel Jones issue? Is it a Brian Dable issue? What is the whole problem in New York? There was such hype going into the season, coming off the Minnesota Vikings playoff game. They might have actually found something. And now the Giants have the worst point differential in the NFL. And then we have an appearance by the Butter King. Bo Allen brings on his good friend, Ryan Fitzpatrick, for a great interview between the two delivered by Little Caesars. They talk all things quarterback from this NFL season. Ryan breaks down Zach Wilson's surprise performance the other night against the Chiefs, what Baker Mayfield's doing well in Tampa, how Joe Burrow's injury might be impacting him. And then we head to the stream world. We bring on Ninja. Chris, Kyle, and Ninja, a.k.a. Tyler Blevins, talk football gaming streaming and ninja's new podcast it's a great episode today going a whole bunch of different directions y'all enjoy we'll be back friday French Polynesia. Hello! Why French Polynesia? You know why. Tell them why, Matt. I don't know why. You really don't fucking know why? We just talked about this. I got Chick-fil-A. I, I, yeah, I didn't <laughs> oh, eat all go. day. I was super hungry. I got some Chick-fil-A. And, um, you know, I, I, I like the orange sauce usually. I don't know what that is, the orange sauce. But um, today I thought the orange sauce was French Polynesian sauce. Or Polynesian sauce as you know it. And uh, I got it. I was like, what the fuck is this? This shit's like purple. I hear people talk about it all the time. Never had it. I'm like afraid of certain sauces. This is what mayo does. And you know, like, is there any mayo in it? I tried it. It's fucking delicious. Let's go. So to, not news to any of you guys. Everybody's like, dude, you need to get out more. All right. Um, layup line real quick. I'm going to see Stapleton, as I'm sure you are. Thursday night, Cowboy Reed. It's uh, going to be a good show. Oh, how could it not? And we skip scoop tickets on uh, the Game Time app. So on the Game Time nice. app, baby. Big shout out to them. So I'll be yeah. there. I'll be there uh, Thursday night. And I can't wait. Every time I've seen him, he's been fucking great. You know, Chris Stapleton has an aura. Like the way they talked about Rick James. Mm -hmm. That's He has like a little glow around him. He doesn't have to move much. He just gets up there and he, he does Chris Stapleton. And is, I think that's what makes him great. Is there a song you're hoping to hear? Maybe, so, uh, yeah, I mean, White like, Horse? they're going to play White Horse, which has been stuck in my head for three and a half weeks. I'm going to has to start paying rent. The thing's just been in there, dude, ever since Kyle was singing it on the phone a couple weeks ago. That's how it happens. And then uh, I, Devil Always Made Me Think Twice. That's the one that I want for Layup Line today. Take a little smoke and 
That one's been stuck in my head for two weeks, too. So, psyched about seeing Stapleton. A little bit of non-football. Today is going to be um, a lot of voices. You're going to hear my voice. Uh, you're going to hear Bo Allen's voice. You're going to hear Ryan Fitzpatrick's voice. You're going to hear uh, Kyle Long's voice. And you're going to hear Ninja, the, uh, the, the, the gamer. Ninja, his name is uh, Tyler Blevins. But you might know him as Ninja. When these guys booked Tyler, and I had met him once at the ESPYs, they were like, yeah, he's like one of the biggest gamers in the world. And what I realized, anytime we talk about gaming, one of y'all, or like five of y'all, gets in the mentions like, yeah, I fucking love Final Fantasy IV. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I, I've got three kids. I can't do it much anymore. But Kyle, on the other hand, only has one right now. So he's still living the dream and he has his little race car bed, his little race car gaming station, his little Final Fantasy hyperbaric chamber. He can go in there and feel like he's really in the game. He's got like a whole setup downstairs. Uh, so Ninja being willing to come on our pod was mighty gracious. Um, and I think some of y'all might know who he is. If you don't, that's the last interview on the pod. Stick around for it, but you got Fitzpatrick, and uh, Bo Allen, who played together and are legit buds, they play like pickleball and shit. Read what did they talk the, about? They're best friends. Uh, it was it's this evident. Was, yeah, it was evident. They yeah. were, uh, this interview was delivered by Little Caesars, but they also talked all things quarterback. Uh, Bo had a bunch of quarterback questions from Week Four. They got into Tua in motion and uh, and Zach Wilson in New York. Um, and uh, Fitzpatrick did everything short of saying he'll come back and help the Jets on the field. Everything short of it. Yeah. Honestly, he's the name that nobody throws around. Like you got RG three on get up being like, Hey, Hey, look at me. I, I'm not coming back. But like I hadn't asked about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I hadn't asked yeah. about RG three, but hadn't asked about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's got that little Caesars money. I think he's good on the couch. We will talk about a place in a couple of minutes that if Daniel Jones decided to work at Brooks brothers, like from now on, and he just like walked off the field and never came back. You would have to pay somebody, I don't know, like max money to come out of retirement to play for the Giants, the way that offense looks. We will talk about that. But first, I want to talk about Colombian ghost dick. Do you guys, uh, <laughs> all right, I just want to read the, um, the headline here. This popped up on my Instagram feed where I get all my news. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did politics this week. Guy pulled a fucking fire alarm, but also in world news, <laughs> I had sex with a ghost every night for 20 years, but I dumped him when I saw he had fangs in the face of a gargoyle. <laughs> this is, uh, Paolo Flores from Colombia. She claimed she had been, basically she'd been getting piped, piped down by a ghost every night. The last, that's incredible endurance years. by that ghost every night. Wouldn't it? It's the afterlife. It was a ghost. You know what you, you, know spooky, what you were missing. Ghost. You know what I mean? Like if you're a ghost, you're like, I'm going to do all this stuff that I shouldn't have, you know, shouldn't have passed up. Honestly, if there was uh, a guarantee that you would get ass in the afterlife, I think men in general would do better. Yeah. Like if you were, if you were going to receive like some sort of ass care package right when you stroll through the pearly gates, 
And so if this is what happens at the next stop, I think guys could take some solace in that. Honestly, I was thinking about it. If my wife was going to leave me or like get caught in a, you know, an extramarital affair, it'd be tough. But a ghost, <laughs> that would work just fine for me. <laughs> think about it. Thing goes south. You can have the house, okay? <laughs> like you're definitely getting the house, right? Like, because the ghost is in there. I don't want the house. It's clean. It's easy. The kids, I probably get the kids because they don't want to be around the ghost, right? Yeah. And then we can go see mom on the weekends at the fucking, uh, at the, uh, the loony bin. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, you know, the thing about an insane asylum that I got to find out is do they have conjugal visits <laughs> in insane <laughs> asylums? I also think that should be introduced. And it would be easy for the ghosts, too, to do, even if there aren't conjugal visits. Just, providing hope to people all over the world. I'm reverse Andy Dufresne, just, just through the wall. Through that wall. And then the rest. But, people uh, will be tunneling in to get ghosted. Yeah, so I just, I don't know, it's, it's something to think about. This lady's got it made. Imagine the ghost gets reincarnated as her grandson. <laughs> <laughs> Jokes on you. There's no downside to an affair with a ghost except for reincarnation. <laughs> Baby's like, I know you. What the fuck? Sleeping with a ghost for 20 years. Look at her laying down. She's posing for a picture in this article. She could be doing it right now. <laughs> Look at her, dude. Anyways, enough on. This is my one item from, from my news feed. This one's picked! Back the other way, Witherspoon! Devin Witherspoon cuts back! What a night for the rookie! You think they love him in Seattle? How about six points? Touchdown, Witherspoon! This Giants game, man. Giants game was bad for my health. That's what I have written down here. Talked about in the fridge talk, if you're one of the brave souls that caught my fridge talk, my mad dog fridge talk, which means I'm on an edible or a few edibles, uh, like our boy Mad Dog. I got to the Westin last night, couldn't sleep. Something about the game just was unsettling, dude. It's like watching a scary movie and trying to go to bed. It's just, I couldn't. And I really do think the game, like, if you watch the game start to finish, I think it, it aged you, it aged me. You know the commercials? I think one day there'll be a commercial, I said this in the fridge talk, but like where I'll be 71 up at night, getting ready to get up and piss again. And there'll be a commercial that'll be like, if you watched, the Giants and the Seahawks, October 2nd, 2023. You might be entitled to a cash settlement. <laughs> Mesothelioma. Like, class action. Yeah, some class action fucking lawsuit because I that game was cheeks. If you remember Drew Locke ending a half for the Seattle Seahawks against the Giants, you might be entitled. <laughs> you saw Drew Locke throw the ball 51, 51 yards to no offense. A bunch of Bronco fans are like, mashing that <laughs> that number because you know we i texted you last night and i asked you i was like what is the longest completion this is some useless fucking shit right here but i can't wait to tweet it noah fant drew lock connection last night 51 yards the longest reception for uh, a russell wilson tight end connection this year 15 yards troutman don't know what that means but it's not good now i had a guy in my mentions after i tweeted that was like did you watch them in Denver? They weren't worth keeping. <laughs> I was like, well, fuck, dude. 
uh it's a joke kind of but it's kind of not a joke i don't know what it means but it means something but it was this game was bad for my health um and usually like i'm like armstead eric armstead last night tweeted he was like why couldn't you know the uh the giants hold the ball this long against us lol but he's not laughing he's crying inside i've been there like usually i'd actually watch this game and and just tune in to be green with envy and stare at the TV and be like, because I do, even in retirement, I get fucking jealous. We're all haters, man. Like when we, we retire, like we're happy for people. But part of me is like, fuck, man, I didn't get to play in that game. The sacks were just falling out of the sky. There was at one point they were just doing a podcast about taking sacks. <laughs> like Joe Buck and Troy Aikman just talking about sacks for five minutes straight. They were like another sack. I was like, no more sacks. Uh, and I've been in some games where the dam broke and like we, we hit Kevin Cobb so hard, I thought something right. ruptured. I mean, it was Thursday night. I've been in those games. So like I used to watch TV and anytime Brett Ben Roethlisberger was on TV, I'd get fucking jealous. I, get, I could feel it. Like he'd be back there holding the ball like a baked potato and you hold a baked potato and he, he's a loaf of bread and he's back there five seconds the whole thing i'm jealous we played him one time he got the ball out in 2.2 seconds and it was just like <laughs> i had circled the game for two years like as soon as they made the schedule whenever it was i circled it no not our luck i mean i can remember the gabe karimi game i can remember you remember alden smith gabe karimi i can remember um oh fuck eagles fans will remember this game i before i ever knew connor barwin i hated him just for this night and now it's like impossible for me to hate the guy but for one night when the eagles played the fucking panthers on like a primetime game eagles had like nine sacks cam was bailing to 11 yards he was just baking a cake back there so i get jealous i still get jealous but this is the worst i've ever seen like honestly this was insane at one stretch of the game when they actually had to drop back and make up ground, it was wild. So I'll start with that disclaimer about the O-line play. And, you know, with Andrew Thomas down, with Glowinski down, with Lemieux down, um, they were struggling. So I'm not like, I'm not discounting that. But look at Houston right now. Like, right. they're getting it done with a rookie quarterback and a bunch of guys down. And, you know, fuck, look across the field. Now, I know he's not Geno, which is a funny thing to say in the year of our Lord, 2023. Guy just got paid $140 million. It's not the guy that's been stashed away for a decade. But, you know, they don't have anybody up front right now. They've had to mix in bodies, the whole thing. Daniel Jones, man, and I'm going to check my, my code at the door here. Fuck, I don't know what I've said in the past about him. I don't know what I said about the contract, but this is how I feel right now, today. Okay, textbook situation of a team feeling like they're backed into, you know, paying the quarterback, because mm -hmm. you have to. Like, that's, we talked about it with Saquon. Like, that's the way things go. Does it make it right? Not necessarily, but this is the way things go. But maybe why is it the way things go? You know, like, maybe, maybe this is a prime example of why we need to rethink the way we, we just automatically... We do the thing because the guy, it's his turn, you know? Um, and also this team is guilty of not knowing exactly where they are. Because it's funny, you, you do this thought exercise as an analyst, 
and you go through every team and you're not emotionally attached to any one team's outcome. I mean, the Eagles sometimes I am. Players, yeah. But it's easy for me to be like, sure, pay the guy. It's his turn. He won a playoff game, the whole thing. Like, go buy the barbershop metrics. He won a playoff game, the whole thing. Even though that's changed now. Like, there's one more team in the playoffs. You could be the team that shouldn't have made the playoffs, win a playoff game, right. the whole thing. Um, it's easy to get caught up in that. But for a fan of the team, for somebody who's invested in the team, I'm thinking about the big picture more. I'm kind of like, why'd we do this? Because you look at the... Look at the Vikings game. And I, listen, hand up. I was like, hey, big win for the Giants, big step for Daniel Jones. And it was. But winning a playoff game against the Vikings does, it's not some like big test that I think you can say, well, Daniel Jones has done this. The Vikings are fucking one and three this year. Now things change year to year. Otherwise, we wouldn't be doing this segment. But the Vikings won every game by three points or whatever it was last year. They had a negative point differential. Maybe that's the outlier type of win in the playoffs that you can't you can't put as a pelt on the wall. Exactly. Um, because the next week it's reinforced that like you want to keep doing. You know what insanity is? The definition of insanity. Everybody knows this fucking saying, but it's continuing to do the same things and expecting a different result. We all do it sometimes. The Giants seem to be doing it because that formula last year got them run out of the gym against an actual contender. And every time they play somebody like the Cowboys or like the Seahawks who are a playoff team and now Giants are wounded. I got you. But this stuff happens. And I just don't think considering the weapons or lack thereof around him, you can feel great about it. You know, like the biggest thing you did all offseason was bring in Darren Waller. And I was like, yeah, I'm jumping out of the gym for that. People are drafting him in fantasy and shit. He didn't even look at him. You know, the whole thing. So... I mean, fucking John, John Mara is like, we've done everything in our power to fuck him. And then they do nothing <laughs> to, to unfuck him. I'm trying to unfuck the situation, John. You bring in Darren Waller and he's doing cardio? That's not going to cut it. So, um, you know, kudos to Daniel Jones for passing the test last year. But maybe the test doesn't mean as much as we thought it meant. And I also think, like... Until this, and by the way, you got Saquon down, you got the O-lineman down, I get it. Like, you're, you're left-handed. Um, but Jones has regressed because before last night, I was kind of like, there's no way Dable forgot how to, you know, run a team. There's no way Kafka forgot how to call plays or whatever. I kind of believe this with players. If they decline, it's usually scheme, it's age, or it's injury, or it's... It's something that has nothing to do with the player's ability to play football. I mean, like, on a, on a very fundamental level. It's not like the guy forgot how to play football. Now, there could be something like with Deshaun Watson where there's 26 civil cases. Like, that counts too. Um, but Daniel Jones didn't forget how to throw the ball. I don't think he got dumber. I don't think, he, I don't think his arm's not working the same. But something's up because last night you're looking at him. Like, I think it's the third play. Third play, you know, Adams comes free runner, evades him. Nice. Okay, Adams is behind him, falls down downfield. Like, got to go downfield. You've got, you've got two options. You've got Slayton and Hyatt. They're both first downs, and you, you just rifle it to the tight end in the flat, like, who's covered, you know? And third and four, the, the play to Brita where you're like, and Kafka just kept mashing the Brita button. But, like, Brita on third and four, 
fuck, you shouldn't even have to roll out the back of the fucking pocket and work your magic because, you know, uh, Robinson's there at the sticks for a first down. He's there. Just throw the ball. And, and that happened a lot. Like, there's a lot of plays where I'm just like, pull the trigger. When you're watching the TV copy, you're seeing the offensive line and you're like, this is it. You know, like, I want to give this guy the benefit of the doubt. And I do because I do think in there, there's a quarterback in there. Now, I don't know if that gets you excited, Giants fans. It would if you did things sequentially and that you built things around him, knew where you were when you paid the guy, and, and, and then you pay the guy and you hope for the best. But I don't think that that's exciting considering what's around him. And I, I also think it sucks because, you know, you talked about pressure. We had a whole conversation about pressure. By the way, Waller's open and the fuck. There's times he did trigger last night. He's throwing the ball short of the sticks, man. Waller's open on the touchdown. That led to the iPad thing which I'll talk about, but the pressure thing, because we framed it this way coming in. Do you think it's good for a Daniel Jones to get that vote of confidence and be paid a bunch of money? There are different kinds of guys in the NFL. Some of them, they thrive in that situation. The weight's off their shoulders. They can pay their whole family. You know, they, they, you know like they can pay their bills. They, you know, they don't have to worry about somebody climbing up the depth chart. I've seen guys get paid and it's like a fucking it's a, like a um a benzo mm -hmm. you know like it's or an adderall it's like great dude but some guys that get paid and you feel it like i don't think getting paid ever fucked me up but the pressure is enormous um and it changes you and for a defensive end it just makes you try harder for a quarterback is it good to try harder is it good to think more is it good to to you know, sit there and ruminate. And I think Daniel Jones being the type of guy that's hard on himself, that probably didn't realize the, you know, the magnitude of being the starting quarterback, not just the starting quarterback, but one that's making $140 million for the Giants, dude. That comes with a lot. And, you know, like I don't know if I could handle it. I'm not trying to throw stones at Daniel Jones, but there's something mental going on on top of all the compounding issues. It just makes this combustible. Um, Brian Dable, another thing that adds to it, I'm not making excuses. I'm just painting a picture of what's going into all this. Brian Dable, I don't think has ever been crazy about Daniel Jones. Like, it's hard. I've had coaches that I knew weren't crazy about me. Um, but when you're the quarterback and the coach has paid the guy, it's like getting married. If you're not crazy about who you're marrying, every second that like something comes up that you knew was going to be an issue before that relationship begins. Cause I've heard people talk about this. You're like, fuck that. That's the thing. That's the thing. Like, and Dable's like, I didn't even want to get married. <laughs> you know, like, um, and he's throwing the iPad and I'm not saying like, I'm sure if you asked Dable, like, did you want to pay Daniel Jones? He'd have to say yes. But the commentary when they paid him was, we hope he can grow into the quarterback that we think he can be, which doesn't sound like, a, oh, fuck yeah, we just got our guy. Like, you know, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. You know, we, that's, that's what you gotta feel like. You gotta feel like that meme, dude. When, when, you, when you pay your guy, you gotta feel like, I'm getting married, you know? But it, it felt like for him, I think, fuck. And it comes out when something goes wrong because he's fucking throwing the iPad. He looks incredulous. It's. Daniel Jones is walking over to the sideline. That's the look of a guy who's like just so tired of that person. Mm -hmm. And it's not a personal thing. 
but it's so hard for it not to be personal in a business that's so fucking intense and high stakes and collaborative. It bleeds into every interaction. So I'm not saying he hates him like personally, but I think right now he hates the decision making and a lot of the trepidation that he had is like flying back in his face. And if you are not the guy who's making every decision on personnel, you know, you're looking across the Seahawks, they get this thing done no problem because, oh yeah, they got DK Metcalf outside, they got fucking Tyler Lockett outside, they got, uh, you know, enough offensive linemen to look competent when two fucking rookies or young guys on rookie deals go down. Like, you got luxuries on top of luxuries. Oh yeah, and our fucking fifth pick is sacking your quarterback and he's a defensive back and he's doing it multiple times, you got to pick six. So like, we just we just have a better situation over here. And Gino's probably the better passer. I mean, he is the better passer. No doubt. Um, so I think it's frustrating. I think it's really frustrating. And, you know, the whole thing declined his fifth year option. The whole thing, man. Read the quotes. I'm sure somebody, like, I'm, I know there's, like, hives, like Swifties. You, quarterbacks have hives. If there's a Daniel Jones hive, I like the kid. I want the kid to do well. But even if you had the weapons around him whatever's going on mentally can't can't continue because he's he's got to make these throws even in tough situations that's what the big boys get paid to do it can't always be perfect you know and so um trying to stay consistent here i need to see more out of him even in a fucked up situation now giants have taken an absolute dump in the front hall of their house. Like it's 64 to three at home this year. I mean, it's, it's like painful. And the one city you don't wanna do that in is New York. And I think what's really interesting about the Giants and the Jets, cause you know, I have my preconceived notions of the team, but I think our biases as fans and as like consumers of sports media, we're fine with this. When the Giants and the Jets are good, the Giants get all the attention, right? Yep. The brand, like, we grew up seeing the Jets piss things away. Even in their nice run with Sanchez, you, you remember the butt fumble. Is, name one great fucking Jets iconic play from that whole run. Can't do it. That's a serious exercise. I mean, I, I can remember them beating Peyton Manning. Yeah, I remember some defensive studs. I remember, you know, uh, some low-scoring games terrorizing Tom Brady, but I don't have one. The, the Giants, you know, just go down a list. David Tyree. Manningham on the sideline, the whole thing. Like, there's tons of moments that are burned into our memories. That brand is powerful. When the teams lose, when both of them suck, we pay more attention to the Jets. We've done it for the entire first month of the season. Look over here, an, an interesting bad team. Because really, they are actually, I think, a good team masquerading as a bad team because of issues at quarterback and, you know, the compounding effects of that. The Giants are a dumpster fire. This is the worst offensive situation in the National Football League right now relative to expectation. You can't, you can't argue with that. Arizona. Arizona's out there beating the Cowboys. Uh, fucking Washington's got Sam Howell looking like mini Brett Favre sometimes. And right? in, in both those teams' losses, at least the offenses looked competent. Yes. They've gotten down to the red zone. They make plays. They've scored. Yes. And, and listen, you, you could throw Justin Fields in there and the Bears, but at times this season, they've looked explosive at times. 
The and first half against the Broncos. First half against the Broncos. Crazy explosive. Uh, stretches the Tampa Bay game. Just little stretches. I'm not. I'm not saying that the Giants. I'm not trying to compare, but they're right there. And you know the the compounding issue is that you just paid the quarterback 140 million. The other guy's on a rookie deal. So when you look at like the future of this team, look at all the the issues around the league. Like the Jets, they're in a tough spot. But if Aaron Rodgers isn't Aaron Rodgers next year, you get your money back. You go do something new. You could still trade for somebody. The team's pretty good. You've got some young talent offensively. You've got it on defense in in waves. And then, you know, the Bears, they still have that first round pick, the whole thing. So like, I, I don't know. I, I can't think of a, an offensive situation that that's more like bleak. Now I know Saquon will be back and it'll look real different. And I bet the Giants last night. I really did. Part of, it, part of it was because I couldn't believe the line was plus one and a half. I was like, they're only catching one and a half. What's going on here? I'll fucking take a nibble. And then they go down, and I'm like, I'll fucking double down. Live money line plus 320. Blew up in my face. This isn't Chase Long talking, doing this rant. Like, I just, I, I feel for them. Like, I, I feel for everybody. I, is it overblown, guys? No. And it's about no. to get worse. Their next two games are at Miami and at Buffalo. And you mentioned Saquon coming back. They had him week one, and they laid a goose egg exactly. against the Cowboys. So I, and you could say it's the Cowboys. Well, exactly, exactly who do you think you're trying to beat right. to, to, to do anything in this league? It was just the Eagles. Everybody else we played good against, just the Cowboys. Fuck, you got to beat those teams. Or else why are you paying any quarterback $140 million? So I, I, I just... I just wanted to get that off my chest. Now, the reason that Armstead was jealous of the rushers is the corners, okay? And I talked about, like, all the – Seattle has done such a good job drafting. Like, they were ready to run Pete Carroll out of the building a couple years ago. He's still sprinting down the sideline at 72 years old with his fucking hands in the air. And a lot of it is because they have drafted the right pieces. And I, Witherspoon is another one. Another one. If I was a free agent, a, a free agent pass rusher, and there's a lot of places you can go, I would go to one of those places that I used to get jealous watching was Seattle because those fucking fans, the noise, when I played it was the LOB. Now it's, you got these two stud corners. You can do a lot of things with Tariq Woolen and Witherspoon defensively. And if you're a guy up front, you go play in front of 70,012s, but you can't hear. Like me to you, I'm screaming. You can't hear. Can't make out a word I'm saying. Um, and those two guys behind you, like this is a team that's that's pretty good if they're healthy. And the rushers start coming on. Maybe it's like last night, sacks come in bunches. That's what they used to say during uh, – I used to get stressed out if for a couple games I didn't have a sack. And then Leroy Glover would walk over, like a big thing of cope in his mouth. And he just spit, and he'd be like, "Sacks come in bunches." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, we'll we'll see." But it's 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 true. When when you have a nine sack game, it kind of signals there's more coming. So for Seattle, this is the piece of the puzzle. If they can get this pass rush going, they're also the model of a team that can win with an average to above average quarterback. And good on them for getting that guy in Geno. But all then also and exceeding expectations. putting the pieces around him. But he's exceeded expectations too. So absolutely. So it's it's true that that's 
This is a team that went out and, and got a guy that you're not sure about. And now you feel more sure about him because he's actually, you did your homework, you felt good about it, you made the right decision, but he has the right pieces around him. So anyways, the Giants, you're, you're a ways off, man. I feel bad because um, I like Dable, um, but I don't know if he likes Daniel Jones. That's complicated. So here is uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Bo Allen delivered by Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. Game day is the perfect pizza day. So make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL part of your game day. Order online during our pizza, pizza pregame one hour before and three hours after NFL kickoffs, plus all day Sunday to have your NFL game day covered. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. It's a pizza, pizza win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends, order your Little Caesars, and enjoy during the games. Whatever you're looking forward to this season, there's only one thing that pairs well with every great moment, an ice-cold Miller Lite. At just 96 calories a can, Miller Lite is the only light beer you'll want to celebrate with all season long. So whether you're at the stadium, playing fantasy football, or watching the game at home, or at the bar, Miller Lite is here to make your football season taste like Miller time. From kickoff to the clock runs out, you can't go wrong with a Miller Lite in your hand. It's the only light beer with a taste worthy of our national obsession. Because what's the point of having a beer if it doesn't taste like beer? We're lucky we get to watch football with Chris at his favorite bar, Dirty Nellies, here in town. And the crew at Dirty Nellies knows us pretty well by now, and they know us well enough that when we walk in that door, that Dirty Nellies door, they've got a whole case of Miller Lights waiting for us. Ice cold, ready to go. We just pop the cap and enjoy our favorite beer watching football. At only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12-ounce serving, a smooth taste and a crisp, clean finish. You get the taste you crave without the calories. So this season, crack open a light beer that hits your taste buds so hard you feel it in your heart. Make it Miller time all season long. Get your Miller Lite delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com Greenlight. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right. Joined by one of my really good friends, a poor man's Brett Favre, Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's always a pleasure to have you on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Bo. What a great intro. Uh, I knew uh, you were coming at me with something, but uh, that one is well-deserved. Yeah. Thanks. Coming from a poor man's Kyle Williams, you know, it always means, uh, really means something. Uh, but dude, what's the deal, man? You don't fucking call, you don't write, you don't text. I haven't talked to you in a while. All I do is just get inundated with commercials from you on Sunday, man. Looks like you're having a lot of fun out there. <laughs> Uh, I'm really sorry. I'll do better, but, uh, I am dude. I, I'm telling you the commercial thing kind of came up out of nowhere. Um, and it was like one led to another, to another. And soon enough, like all my friends and family are just making fun of me for like not being able to get away from my face on TV. Um, but the, uh, I'm sure you've seen the little Caesars one. Cause again, one like, you know, can't get away from, but I got to spend a day with Cam Jordan and George Kittle, just like, you know, Legends. shooting the shit for eight hours. And it yeah. was so much fun. Uh, and I knew like, I knew that one was going to play well because those dudes are such like big personalities. Right. Um, and I love pizza. 
um, especially Little Caesars Pizza and Crazy Bread. So uh, that was one they really had to twist my arm to sign up for, but we had a <laughs> yeah, good time exactly. with that one. Plenty, plenty of free pizza for you, dude. Send some of that shit my way. I was looking at that uh, four-quarter calzone. It looks like a lot of meat on that, buddy. Dude, every time, that. every time I see the four-quarter calzone, I think about the Butter King. I think about how much <laughs> me and you would be enjoying that thing, man. But, uh, yeah, if you haven't tried it yet, it's absolutely phenomenal. And uh, what better day to do it than on a Sunday, just being lazy, sitting there watching football all day. Uh, I mean, that's all I've been doing now, man. I mean, you know how it is when you're retired. You think you've had enough of football, and then, you know, YouTube TV comes out with the multi-view, and I'm watching six games at once. So always stoked to talk about football with you, Fitz. I can't wait, man. (laughs) Um, We should talk about – hmm. Yeah, you can ask me some football questions. I wanted to talk a lot about fishing and how amazing you are. Okay, good. And what about about Settlers of Catan, man? I was hoping to get into that a little bit too. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've always had the argument of, is it Catan or Catan? And I always called it Catan and you're more of a purist. So you call it Catan. So I get it. Yeah. Well, I played a game online with Klaus Tuber's son. (laughs) I know you Tuber, (laughs) And he called it Catan. And so that's the founder of the game. I feel like that's, you know, straight from the source, man. Did you, did you beat Klaus Tuber's son? Yeah, well, I took it so, so seriously. Like, everyone else was kind of chit-chatting, playing, and I was robbing the fuck out of him, like, just stealing him, using my Monopoly card. So, nice. you know. Yeah. You're a savage yeah. when it comes to settlers. <laughs> yeah, well, then after the, the game, like, I, I felt kind of bad because I was just trying so hard, and then I realized that they were all just kind of there for a good time. And, you know, that's how it goes a little bit. But, <laughs> anyway, let's talk some football, Fitz. I was thinking about you because I actually watched a little bit of the Toy Story uh, Fun, Day, Fun Day football, you know what I mean, where they did it in Andy's room with the Jags and the, uh, the Falcons. I figured your kids might have gotten a kick out of that. How'd that one go over at the Fitz household? Dude, it was awesome. So, you know, we're in Arizona right now, so it came on at 6.30. So we didn't set the alarm <laughs> clock to wake up for it. But that second half – uh, we kind of had, we had two screens up. So we had the normal game going with the sound, which I was watching. And then mm-hmm. the other screen, we just put up the toy story stuff. Cause I wanted to see it. Uh, and it was yeah. amazing. Like, like it could have been a great case study just to come to my house and watch. Cause it was like my 16 and 14 year old <laughs> sons were like glued to the normal TV. But then once it hit 12 year old Lucy, She's kind of going back and forth. And then the t- 10, 8, 6, and 4-year-old were glued to the Toy Story one. Uh, and I thought they the did whole, a good uh, job. NFL tar- target demographic right there, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, it's just, it's just like bringing these kids and getting them interested in football, you know. But the, the slinky yeah. dog uh, first down chains, like they love that part right. of it. And even just the trivia and stuff incorporated in it, they love. Uh, and then, of course, we took our, our break to order some some Little Caesars pizza. Um, oh, yeah, of course. You got to do it, man. It's good for the whole fam. Yeah, which, uh, by I, the way, I, I, I know you're a pizza guy. Um, yeah. And I know you're a Little Caesars guy. Um, this is the one plug I'm going to make on this thing is okay. um, if you order it any time on Sunday or an hour before on Thursday, hour before on Monday – you get signed up for some perks, including Super Bowl 58. And for me and you, I'm no longer going to be buying your Super Bowl tickets and flying <laughs> you out. But we've had some good times at the Picking Super Bowl. Picking me up from the so. airport. What a guy. <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah, you need, man. What a, uh, that's, that's how you know you got a real friend when he's willing to pick you up at Super Bowl week 
at the airport. What an unbelievable guy you are, Fitz. But I, I'm willing to grease your wheels a little bit if you can help me out with this, uh, you know, this Little Caesars pizza pizza pregame promotion and get me yeah. some Super Bowl tickets. I'll bribe you, you know. I'll Dude. babysit the kids for free, whatever you need, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best. I've got some ins with Little Caesars, so we'll see. Uh, I don't think they're gonna let me do that. But the more pizza you eat, the better <laughs> chance you have at getting it, I guess. Oh, I'm in good shape then, man. You know, <laughs> just bribe bribe Mr. Caesar himself, Big Caesar. <laughs> Big Caesar, yeah. No, Big once C. you once you get your hands on that four quarter calzone, I think you'll be all right. You'll be in. Oh yeah, you need both hands for it. I've heard too. Uh, all right, so back to football talk. I was actually in New Orleans this weekend. Um, Ryan Griffin, you know, quarterback that we played with when I was in the Bucks with you, 2018, 2019, he, um, big honor, got his uh, enshrined in the Hall of Fame at Tulane, so we went to Tulane, and then coincidentally the Bucks played uh, the Saints in New Orleans. And I was thinking back to when we were on the team for the Bucks together, and Fitzmagic was in full effect. Week 1, 2018, New Orleans, you had 75% completion rate, 417 yards, 4 TDs, 0 interceptions, 0 sacks, and a 156.2 rating. How about that? We'll blast from yeah. the pass for you. Uh, and a rushing touchdown, Bo. Uh, oh, Don't forget about that. Um, but that was <laughs> – I'm glad you brought that. That's the only reason I came on the podcast, to make sure you brought that <laughs> yeah, game up. Just to gas you up a little bit. <laughs> that was, uh, you know, like the top three highlights of my career in terms of games. That was one of them. Uh, it was it was a fun game to be a part of. And to do it in New Orleans, too. Tough place yeah. to play. Absolutely. Season opener. You know, crowd going crazy against drew breeze all of that was mm. was really cool so yeah well i thought baker had a pretty good day too 78 percent completion rate 246 yards three tds and a 116 Dude. pass rating not as good as you i was just wondering what you've kind of seen out of baker in his resurgence this season uh you know he's bounced around to a lot of different teams yeah. but he's playing really well for the bucks so far yeah he's got that team playing great uh i think you know there weren't a whole lot of expectations put on him this year you know even in the offseason it was pitted as a quarterback competition with him and trask and i think everybody knew that baker was going to come out of that one ahead but he's got him at three and one they're playing well as you know like todd bowles aggressive defense they're going to force yep. turnovers the supporting cast that baker has to have a couple guys on the outside that he can throw yep. the ball up to is really beneficial for him. So I, I think there are a lot of people that are surprised that they're three and one right now, but the NFC South, I mean, it's wide open. It, it's for the yeah. taking. And right now the bucks have kind of put their stamp on it and said, okay, uh, it's going to go through us this year, but I've been really impressed with him. Uh, you know, he's now a guy, he had a shot in Cleveland mm -hmm. and he played well there, got into the playoffs, was a little up and down towards the end. We got to see him last year on Thursday Night Football, that crazy game when he was on yeah. the Rams and had been there for like 48 hours and led <laughs> him back to a win against the Raiders. But he's a guy you root for because his teammates love him. He mm. competes, and you know now he's been to a few different places. There's been some adversity, but you know I, I really enjoy watching him play. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking too, and I'm rooting for him too. You know, I'm a fan of a scrappy quarterback. Um, but it's you know I'm, I only played for three different teams, but. You know, I'm talking to a guy. Let's see if I can list them all off here, Fitz. We got uh, the Rams, yep. St. Louis Rams. We got the Bengals, yep. the Bills, the Texans, the Jets, the Bucks with your boy B.A., yeah. <clears throat> the Dolphins, and then the Washington football team. I think I might have missed one in there. You missed the Titans. but The Titans, yes. that's right. I remember because yeah. I played against you on three different teams. But, you know, someone like Baker who's bounced around all these different teams, how hard is it to play well after, you know, being in all these different teams with all these different, 
you know, offensive coordinators, all these different head coaches, and now to kind of be in Tampa and play well, how tough is that? Yeah, it's tough. But, you know, the thing, and I know Baker is this way, is in doing that and being in so many offenses, you really learn what you like and what you don't like. And so, you know, he's a guy I'm sure that's not afraid to voice his opinion. And so, yeah. sure, there's always going to be stuff that you're going to try out. If a coach really thinks, you know, a play is going to work, he puts it in, he wants you to try it out, great. But um, he's also developed, you know, things that he's really good at, things that he enjoys, things that, you know, he doesn't have all these scars built up on plays that, you know, um, he's been hurt on. So that communication becomes so important. And the more times you bounce from team to team and coordinator to coordinator, that communication right away of like, hey, here's 10 things that I love, you know, let's yeah. make sure that we incorporate some of these. I'm willing to try some other stuff. And then, Hey, here are two plays that I will not run. And if you call them, I promise you they will not be run. <laughs> um, that's always something that's really important as you're kind of establishing lines of communication with a new coordinator and a new coach. Yeah. You kind of get a broader view of, you know, the game of football a little bit, something that you are not really exposed to too much as a nose guard, you know, <laughs> kind of just used to dealing with this shit right in front of you. You know what I mean, Fitz? Yeah. You do have a great broad backside, though. That was always one of your best quality. quality. Hey, honestly, just wait till I get some some more Little Caesars in me. We'll we'll get that back, baby. Uh, You know I love a good ass comment. All right, uh, some other uh, Sunday storylines I want to hit you with. I don't know if you watched Sunday Night Football, but I was watching last night. There was an awesome graphic of the Jets quarterbacks as bobbleheads. You made an appearance as the last Jets quarterback to start every game in the uh, regular season. With Aaron Rodgers going down in week one, did you get a call from the Jets about, you know, maybe kind of coming back? And would you retire, unretire for another stint uh, in New oh. York City? So, you know what? Before, before the whole Jared Goff thing, um, which now has become <laughs> like the more recent question that people ask me when they see me. <laughs> Um, that was question number one for the last few weeks, walking through the airport, going to these games and stuff uh, is, Hey, do you want to unretire and, and play for the jets? Have they called you yet? Uh, Nathaniel Hackett is actually a great friend. I played for him in 2009 with the bills. Uh, I am definitely retired, but the go-to line I started using was I would love uh, to go and play in a game and have a commercial break. And for me on DraftKings to be coming up doing <laughs> this, but no, I'm, I'm very happily retired. Um, it's been awesome. I've had a lot of fun just uh, being able to be there all the time for my kids and, you know, probably too much around Liza. She's like ready to, okay, go do something else. But yeah. now that the Thursday night thing started back up again, it's, it's a nice, she gets a nice like two and a half day break from me. So yeah, I'm sure that she needs it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know how uh, that goes. Oh yeah. But real quick on the, uh, on the jets. I mean, Zach Wilson played a much better game. She seemed a lot more comfortable out there, uh, you know, last night for Sunday night football against the chiefs. What kind of growth have you seen out of him? I mean, I feel like he's he looked a lot better last night compared to previous weeks. Yeah, he did. He looked a lot better, uh, you know, played more on time, had some really good throws. Some of those back shoulder throws and yeah. main coverage stuff uh, was really impressive to see. It's never really been the arm talent with him. It's all the other stuff. You know, it's pocket awareness. It's running out of the back of the pocket, being able to play on time, stuff like that. But, you know, he's in a tough spot because this was viewed as a reset year for him. He was going to be able to sit back, learn from one of the best ever to play the game. Aaron obviously goes down in week one, four plays in, and he gets thrown in. And he's he's faced so much criticism. 
and gotten so much grief uh, because this all of a sudden went from a Super Bowl contending team to will they make the playoffs? Um, so you feel for him a little bit, and you're happy for a guy like that to go out there and play well. You know, the problem is it was problem is it was the Chiefs. They still lost mm-hmm. the game. They're still going in the wrong direction, right. and so. Uh, at what point does this become a lost season? You know, we're, we're slowly creeping towards that as these losses continue to mount. But uh, it was good to see him make some progress. And, you know, I think he has a lot of fans now, people just rooting for him because of all the grief that he's received yeah. in the last few weeks. Yeah, and I thought he did a good job, like, showing some athleticism, too. I think it was a two-point play that he ran it in on and <clears throat> kind of scrambled around the pocket a little bit and got physical right towards the goal line. It was, I mean – I'm not much of a Zach Wilson fan, but I've been kind of rooting for him now just because of all the yeah. adversity he's faced. That's I think a lot, of, a lot of people are like that. And uh, what did you think about a scrambling quarterback when he's running around back there and you had to pass rush? Was that one of your favorite things as a D-line? Well, or? you know how much pass rushing I did on third down, Fitz, you know? So just, first and second down. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, well, actually, I think I've told you this before, but you were my first sack, I think, in the NFL when you were in Houston. must have been maybe 2014. I'll have to look that up. But, uh, uh, yeah, only, I, 2014. I, I enjoyed every second of that one, Bo. Yeah, me too. Split that one with Brandon Bear. But, you know, so I do I do like a scrambling quarterback, but it, sometimes, like, when they extend those plays, like, you know, six, <laughs> seven seconds, it's just exhausting. You never know yeah. where they're going to be in the pocket. Is it going to be, you know, the Russell Wilson back shoulder or sorry, the, you know, the rollout from the backside right. or like, where are these guys going to be? You know, I never oh, and you, you were always a high effort guy. So you had to go after him. Even if you uh-huh. knew like he's 30 yards yeah. away and you weren't going to get him. Like you got to put that effort on tape, baby. That's all I got, man. <laughs> I know you're deeply familiar. You mentioned your time with the, uh, the bills earlier. I thought that was a great game. Uh, you know, the bills, the dolphins, you played for both teams, Fun game to watch. Uh, you know, Josh Allen and the Bills offense was fucking rolling. Um, what do you what do you think? Uh, what do you think the Bills defense did well to disrupt Tua? Because this was a week after they scored seventy points against yeah, the, the Broncos. and it was it was awesome. I mean, they score seventy points. They look unstoppable. All their weapons. You know, Tua. The amazing thing about him when you watch him play is that ball comes out so quick, but mm-hmm. it's still like down the field. He's not, it's not check down, check down. The ball is coming out, but they're putting it down the field. They put so much pressure on teams. And in that Denver game, just running the football. Oh, oh yeah. my goodness. I mean, it yeah. was, it was unstoppable. And I think, you know, as we saw as, as Chicago was lighting up the scoreboard with Denver, you start thinking about maybe some of the issues that that Denver defense is having right now. Yep. But um, it, it's fun to watch, man. It, Tua's playing great ball. Um, and, you know, going into this game, my kids were always asking me, like, okay, Dad, fantasy this week. Or, you know, <laughs> who, we're in a survivor pool. Who's going to win, the Bills yeah. or the Dolphins? And, you know, that was one I think everybody was kind of unsure of. Even Bills fans were thinking, gosh, right. this Miami team has been playing great. Can we stop them? And the Bills just reminded everybody that they're the best team in the division and the AFC East is going to go through them. Uh, so that was a nice reminder there because it wasn't a close game. I mean, they, they played really well, Josh, you know, after week one of everybody saying, okay, you know, who is this guy? We've seen the real Josh Allen the last three weeks. I mean, he's playing out of his mind right now. I I think we put to bed the Stefan Diggs, Josh Allen, B flake, you know, there's a, they're two great competitors and they have a lot of, uh, experience together so it's fun to watch them fun to see Diggs get in the end zone three times yeah he played but, really well dude, he played great but they're both those teams are going to be in it 
towards the end. I, yeah. you know, I think just the way that they can put up points, uh, Miami's defense is just going to get better with Vic mm-hmm. Fangio. They're going to get better when yeah. Ramsey comes back. So I'm excited to watch both of them. Probably a matchup we might see again. I mean, I did have a specific question. Like I said, dude, I'm a nose guard. Very different view than, you know, what a quarterback, especially one who's been on so many different teams as you, so many different schemes. I want to talk about the uh, Dolphins' use of, you know, motion and how tough that is uh, on a defense, especially with burners like Tyreek Hill. Uh, And then, like, they get these running starts. Like, this is the fastest guy in the NFL, and he gets these running starts and just takes off. So how how do these motions, like, help out a quarterback? I mean, obviously you get man zone indicators and things like right. that, but it also puts defenders in a bind just athletically as well. Yeah, I mean, for for me, it's it's almost like the game has already changed in the last, like, two years since I've been out, you know, but that started becoming really popular uh, with all the McVeighs, the Shanahans, and obviously mm-hmm. now with Mike McDaniel. Um, and it used to just be, you know, New England kind of – Peyton and Indy, those indicators of man versus zone and being able to figure out, you know, in two by two and three by one, what teams were doing. It's now just creates chaos, man. It creates yeah, chaos man. on the defensive side of the ball, all these tight splits um, and being able to run those stretch plays, being able to, you know, put so much fear in these guys, being able to go inside or outside with the condensed splits on the routes. Um, it's, it's tough to defend. I talk about this with Richard Sherman all the time, you know, just as a defense, how much pressure it puts on you. And all of a sudden you're trying to make these checks, but Tyreek's going so fast from one side to the other. (laughs) And then more importantly for a guy like Tyreek, like you can't jam him. The one thing would be, okay, if he's stagnant and sitting on the line, let's get some hands on him, slow him down, make him fight through us. You never get that opportunity with him because he's always running and moving and in motion. And, you know, I just think that offense to his skill set where he's so accurate, especially in between the numbers and, and near those hashes, even uh, he delivers such a great football. So that's where they're killing people and attacking them in the passing game and then just stretching them sideline yeah. to sideline in the run game. It feels like they have so much space in the run game, too. It's it's fun to watch. That's a, and it makes it easier on the quarterback. So real quick before we move on uh, from talking about the Dolphins, would you two weeks ago? You know, they scored 70 points. Would you have kicked that field goal to uh, set the record? Uh, I probably would have kicked the field goal just to say we needed some work with our field goal unit. Um, <laughs> just knowing <laughs> knowing that, uh, yeah, 73 was within reach. But I, I don't know that anybody would have been too upset about it. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to talk a little bit about the NFC East a little bit. Um, you know, just hit the AFC East, NFC East. Eagles, my former team, uh, you know, they kind of won in overtime against the commanders, but, you know, a nice drive at the end of the game from Sam Howell. He looked pretty solid against the Eagles after somewhat rough game against the Bills. But uh, Ron Rivera did not, you know, elect to go for two after kind of, a, you know, a big momentum swing and tying that game up at the end of the game. I don't know. What you think about that one, Fitz? Riverboat Ron. I mean, he fooled me, you know. Yeah. I, I thought – I thought the right decision would have been to go for two. I mean, those are plays you've got in your back pocket that you're practicing all the time. Eric Bieniemy coming from Kansas City, where they're kind of the master of those plays, um, they had to have a couple good ones. And to have a chance to beat the Eagles in that fashion, scoring with no time left on the clock, it was just set run, up. Like you got to run the Philly special for a two-point win. There you go. There you yeah. go. You know that play very well. But it just it just seemed like the stage was set for them to go for it, to get the two-point conversion and to knock off Philly. Um, 
So I don't know. I, I would have gone for it in that situation, but um, I was surprised that Ron didn't go for it. Yeah, I don't think you're the only one. I was kind of surprised on that one. But you uh, you got Thursday Night Football coming up with the Bears at the Commanders. Um, yeah. How are you feeling about that matchup? You know, it was such a good matchup for us last year in the 12-7 to 7 affair that they're like, let's, let's redo this game <laughs> let's here. Let's run it back. Um, let's run it back. Um, you know, I, I think I think this year it makes – I mean, it makes for some interesting storylines. Like you said, Sam Howell with Eric Bieniemy, with all those guys on offense, um, mm-hmm. you know, and then and then you look at on paper the defensive line of the Commanders yeah. Um, yeah, right now. Jonathan Allen, it's sick. Jonathan Allen and Deron Payne, like it's Deron just it's unbelievable. Boys. Those dudes and sweat boys down in there. And and Chase Young still kind of gets a lot of the headlines, but he's the fourth most productive guy on that line. And it's not a knock on him; it's just this is how good this unit is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're playing great. I just think the Commanders are one of those teams you know going into it, it's going to be a dogfight. Like they can yeah. beat any team in the NFL. You know, their thing is going to be consistency and can they do it every week? And with Sam Howell, we saw it uh, with the four interception game. And look, I'm no stranger to going like this and yo-yoing throughout my career. Like he's going to have to figure out and find that consistency. He's going to have to figure out and find how do I get rid of the ball and stop taking so many dang sacks because mm-hmm. those are going to start to add up a little bit and they kill drives. But the commanders are tough, man. And then the other side is like the whole football world the last two years or two weeks has been looking at the Chicago Bears and everything that's happening in and outside that organization thinking, my goodness, what else could go wrong with this franchise? Um, You know, to give up a 20-point lead, 21-point lead to Denver was really hard to watch. The positives you pull out of that is, like, Justin Fields finally, like Justin Fields for three quarters had a game that we had been expecting all year long. So I'm hoping they can carry some of that momentum of how well they played on offense into this game. Um I don't think there's any chance it's going to be 12 to seven again. I think we're going to see a high scoring affair. Um, but I do, I do think there's some interesting storylines leading into this game on Thursday. Yeah. And one of the bears big, you know, trade acquisitions at this, you know, season is going to be likely inactive and, in, you know, Claypool. But uh, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the bears need to do for their passing game to adapt it to, you know, fit Justin Fields better. He's been a little unhappy with the, uh, you know, the way he's been used. Yeah, I mean, he, he's been unhappy. He said he's playing a little robotic. You know, he's thinking too much. And, you know, the the week after he had those comments, he didn't really back it up, even though we were going to see the real Justin Fields. Nothing, But then this week, two weeks after, he backs it up and he goes out there and he plays well. Um, you know, I think I don't know that that was the best way for him to go about it. And I don't know if maybe he meant it as it came off, but uh, he has a lot now to – to step up and do. I mean, that was him saying, look, it's not the way that I want it from now on. I'm going to play the way I want to play. So it falls on him. I think it puts more pressure on him. Uh, and hopefully, you know, he plays and continues to play like he did last week. So talking a little bit about the Ravens win over the Browns. Don't really know the extent of David Njoku's injury he came out with a face mask on and hopefully everything's all right with him. But 
you know, don't mean to make light of it, but it's a pretty sweet way to walk into the stadium pregame. Wow, how come we never saw any sweet outfits like that from you before games, man? Come on. It was just was, after games where we got the, the Fitz Magic with the chains and Deshaun's D-Jack's outfit. How come you never rocked that shit pregame, Fitz? What the because, hell? Because I never knew how the game was going to turn out. You know, It's always <laughs> good to do that like after you win. But yeah. you never want to feel like, like Joe Burrow has all these snazzy suits and cool things, but like – when you're wearing one of those after like a big loss, like, you know, in Joku after they lose 28 to three and you have to walk back out of the tunnel like that to your car. Like yeah. <laughs> I, I was, I, I never really knew how the games are going to turn out. So, I didn't so you pack up, you pack a normal pregame fit and then two options for post game. Basically. Well, I just borrow stuff from my teammates that dress cool, you know? So yeah, exactly. But nobody, exactly. I, I never wanted to go with the Bo Allen triple X, you know, baggy t-shirt. I just didn't think it was the right look. Hey, tall tees are coming back, Fitz. That's a good look for you. I'm like a 2X now, man. I cut out the little Caesars. I'm down to like 280, so. Hey, I I don't want to make light. I don't know exactly what happened with Njoku with like the fire, and I don't want to make light of it, but I do want to say like four days before that report came out, I had a similar experience in my backyard. I was lighting a griddle, and I had a flame come. I mean, I know you can't see it on your... I have I have no more I have no more hair on this arm. It went all the way up to the side of my face and it got my eyelashes. Oh, and I was so dude, I was so afraid. I started feeling this side of my face and I actually had to go get a beard trim because it took off wow. like half of my beard on the side. And the worst part about that, like everything was safe so I was good, but the smell you know oh, that burnt hair, hair smell? Yeah. I, could, I couldn't get rid of it, like on my arm, whatever, but it was all right here. <laughs> so I could not get rid of like that smell for 24, 48 hours. It was so gross. Uh, but we're all good. We're in town. You got the beard right? Fat Tony be proud? Yeah, Fat Tony would be proud. But, uh, you know, I go, to a, I go to Frandy now. I go to Frandy okay. in, uh, in Gilbert AZ. So. <clears throat> so for our listeners at home, every Friday, Fitz and I would – uh, you know, Fast Friday, you get out of the facility a little early. We're in Tampa. We'd head on over to, you know, Wright's Deli, play some cards, eat some cupcakes. Uh, we'd play a lot of cribbage. And then we'd go get our haircut at this uh, barbershop from Fat Tony. And it was a great, you know, I don't know how you found, found time to hang out with me every week having seven Jeez. kids. But it's probably the highlight of that 2018 season where we had one of the worst defensives I've ever played on. And... Uh, <laughs> You know, our D coordinator, Mike Smith, got fired like four games into the season. And all I had to look forward to every week, Fitz, was chopping it up with you and, and yeah. Fat Tony every Ollie Friday. Ollie and so. Fat Tony and the boys yeah. we had. Uh, I mean, that's been a good barbershop for us, though. Cam Brate has come in. Carl oh, Nassib's yeah. come Carl, in with us. Yep. Uh, shout, Jason shout Kelsey. Shout out to Empire. Yep, Kels. Kels winner. Yeah. Shout out to Empire Barber Barbershop over here in Tampa. It's the, I miss that place, man. If I'm ever like sort of around the area, I'll plan out not cutting my hair so I can go in and get a trim from Ali. Yeah, you gotta you gotta hit up the Thursday night uh, crew and just fly him in every week wherever you're going. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's only right. Yeah, I think it's a good uh, idea. All right, let's talk about this game really quick. I just want to hit the Ravens' offense looks a little bit better. One question I had for you though, it's. Apparently under uh, Greg Roman, Lamar didn't have the ability to make audibles at the line of scrimmage. How hard would that be as a as a quarterback? I feel like it kind of handcuffs you a lot, you know? I think it does too, but I think there's also, you know, there's a learning curve. There's growth that a quarterback has to show. Like you've got to be able to earn the right to do some of those things. Mm-hmm. And and Lamar, you know, when Todd came in to right. to empower a quarterback, to give him that feeling that you have the confidence in him to make the right decision, 
I think is a huge one because as a quarterback, you always want to reward your coach for putting things in your hands. And, you know, that the Ravens, uh, the great thing about the Ravens right now is it's still a work in progress, that offense. Todd is still adjusting to Lamar and Lamar still got to adjust to some of the stuff that Todd really likes to do. But I'll tell you what, Zay Flowers, man, they have some dudes on that offense that can go and get it. They're quick. They're fast. Uh, he's got a bunch of weapons now, which in the past, you know, that's always been something they haven't had. But that whole AFC North is funny because it all of a sudden, other than Cleveland, like it's no longer ground and pound. It's like aerial attacks, yeah. everybody in the AFC North. But the great thing about the Ravens right now is they have – the ability to be patient with that offense a little bit because they've got a good defense because they're going to continue to win games and not play perfect. But as Lamar gets more and more comfortable with this offense, I think they're going to be really dangerous at the end yep. of the season. You mentioned Todd Munkin, who was the offensive coordinator during that saints game in 2018 that I mentioned yeah. where you had 417 yards, four touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. There as you well. go. But that was, Todd's, uh, that was the first time Todd had called an NFL game. Like that was the first time he was yeah. the OC and the play caller. So I, I'm pretty. I signed a jersey, that jersey for him, and gave it to him after the game, and said, "Nowhere to go but down from here, buddy." <laughs> Enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> Nowhere to go but down for you too. After that one, uh. no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. All right. So speaking of the NFC North, obviously Joe Burrow, incredibly talented young quarterback. We all love him. Plays. He's played unbelievably well so far in this career, but he's kind of struggling this season. How much do you think of how much of that do you think can be attributed to you know his lingering calf injury when you can't move around the pocket and you know be mobile like that really can affect the quarterback? It's crazy, you know, with him, he's a killer. Like yeah. he, you just when you watch him play, he he's so uh, he's so accurate. Um, you know, he has so much confidence in himself and his own ability. You, you just keep thinking week after week, okay, it's going to turn around. Okay, Joe, you're not going to do this for another week. This this Bengals offense is good. This Bengals team is good. They've got a great defense. But mm -hmm. at some point, we've got to fall back and say, okay, I think this is who they are. And it's just hard. You know, T. Higgins goes out of the last game. Jamar is now a little upset. If yeah. anybody knows how to deal with Jamar and anybody knows how to deal with Joe, like those two are going to be fine. You know, they've been yeah. at it for a long time with each other. But um, – it's been hard to watch, man, because he's such a good football player. Mm. Uh, there's just so many question marks about why. Like, I wish – I guess my, that's my job as an analyst now. I have to figure out why, but I don't know. It's a huge enigma right now yeah. as, as to the struggles and what's going on. You think maybe they just need one game to just kind of relax a little bit. Right. You know? It's like you just need one game, and we just keep waiting for that game. But we're, we're four games into the season now, and yeah. we just see the same thing over and over again with the struggles they've had on offense. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I love Joe Burrow, and Jamar Chase is an unbelievable talent. And, you know, it's interesting to see him air his frustrations out a little bit with his good friend and longtime teammate, Joe Burrow. It'll be interesting to watch that one unfold. Yeah. So, I mean, I got a lot of questions for you, Fitz. I mean, never get enough time with you. I wish I could just – you know, fly out here and we could hit up rights and, and go chop oh. it up for three, four hours, play some cross cribbage like the good old days. But, you know, now I just got to catch you on these little Caesars commercials, man. <laughs> all I, well, I hope, all I I get hope out you're enjoying them. I hope like if our friendship gives you a few uh, slices of pizza for free, then, you know, I think we've made it work. Yeah, that's uh, I mean, that's if that's the best I can get from you, I'll take it, man. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll have to we'll have to go uh go fishing here again soon too because it, it has been a minute since that that was like so that was one of my favorite uh you know people asked me and because of this little caesars thing too we're doing this bi-week promotion we're essentially like buy pizza you're still watching games on your bi-weeks as a fan so it's mm. like you can still eat pizza like let's think about <laughs> little caesars and order some pizza and that you know bi-weeks it was always family time for me, a chance to pull back. Like I never got to go on any fun trips or anything, but going fishing, I mean, that was always something that was really fun to be able to do. Just hopping on the boat during the bye week and getting away. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But you're you're one of my favorite fishing pals, man. We had some good times for sure. I, right back at you, brother. We I'll never forget when uh, Griff caught that cobia, and I was just sitting there like, hey, let me reel this one in. Let me get this one. <laughs> like, let, let me at least get a picture with. Let us take a picture with the cobia. Yeah, give it to me, Dad. Hey, keep your tip up. Keep your tip up, Griff. Come on. Uh, that was a fucking absolute jam, man. Well, hey, Fitz, I love you, man. I'm hope I'm hoping we can uh, we can catch up in person sometime. You know, during the season, maybe eat some pizza, hang out with the kids, play some Catan, some exploding kittens or or whatever. So let's do it. Miss man. you, brother. Uh, thanks, Bo. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you. I hate buying tickets. I've been playing my whole life. Never had to worry about buying tickets. The ticket part is stressful. The game's stressful. The ticket part's really stressful. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. And with the Game Time app, it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. If I'm trying to see the monster trucks for my kids or Willie Nelson for me and my kids, I can find it all in the Game Time app. Game Time's the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has the deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code GREENLIGHT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code GREENLIGHT for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks to Cash App for sponsoring this podcast. With their security, free to order debit card, and a suite of savings and bank tools, it feels like they're my money's BFF. And speaking of BFFs, if you pay attention to the podcast, you know that all of our BFFs are on the Greenlight Softball Squad. We're into softball so much that Dr. Fax challenged me to a home run derby. Matt and Reed put a little side bet on it, and after Fax came out on top, it was easy enough for Matt to pay up and cash app Reed his winnings. I wish I could have defeated Dr. Fax and helped Matt take Reed's money, but Reed's now slightly richer thanks to Dr. Fax and cash app. With security, discounts, boosts, a free-to-order debit card, no overdraft fees. Cash App is like a BFF for your money. So download it in the App Store or Google Play today and start enjoying your BFF app. Stepping into the streaming world, Kyle. The mm -hmm. Twitching world. You know, you and I, we're big Twitchers. We've been... You're a supporter of Twitch. Yeah, I'm a supporter. I, you know, I stream. Chris likes to frequent the chat. Yeah. Uh, we'll tell you about that in a second. But, but, but we've got Tyler Blevins here, uh, who you know as Ninja. He's one of the most popular dudes in that whole world. Kyle 
is freaking out. He's on the show. I met I met Tyler at the ESPYS, and he's got a new podcast coming out, AFK with Ninja. Uh, and I learned that means away from the keyboard, so I'm ready to hop in the chat and just sound like not sound like a narc, sound like a real gamer. Uh, Tyler, welcome to the show. Really excited to have you here. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, dope man. intro. Thank you. Thank you. Of well, course. The, the crazy thing, what's doper is your first few guests on your podcast. And as Chris and I are two transitional guys, uh, you know, we used to play football. Now we podcast. He's holding I do a, a little football. gaming. Yeah, I love I'm it. Holding love a football it. just but to hike. make sure people understand. <laughs> uh, but like getting into the podcasting gig, you hit two home runs early. What are you enjoying about podcasting? What has given you anxiety about podcasting? Oh, man. I So I love I love all of it. I love conversation with good people. So I think that's that's like what is uh, really enjoyable. I'm also doing like some solo episodes too. And like, it's kind of like almost, almost like a, like a meditation, if you will, because I film my solos like super early in the morning on Sunday, like before all the football games, before the madness. Um, so it's like a calm before the storm feels great. Just kind of chit chatting. But like what gives me severe anxiety is when I like first off getting Matthew on there, even Jared, like I met Jared Goff before even like a couple times. He's a great dude, but it's like, I want, I don't want to like, first off, I kind of what you guys said, even prefacing before this, like the gotcha moments, mm -hmm. like I want that to be like so far away from what people associate my podcast with as well. Like I want it to be like the, just the most chill, relaxing, we're two people just shooting the shit, just getting to know one another. Um, and, and kind of just, you know, sharing stories and stuff like that. That's what I want the podcast to be. But, like, the nerve nerves come in whenever I get, you know, any, any big, big guys. Because, like, I, I don't want to ask a question that's been asked a thousand times before. Yeah. Like, that's one of my biggest things where I ask them, like, you know, so what is your favorite thing about acting? And they're just like, <laughs> you know, like, great. Yeah. You know, I've answered this a million times. Uh -huh. this, is the, this is the cringiest shit I've ever seen. Um, so that's, like, my, that's my worry. Someone leaves and they're like, you know, that was awful. And you know mine what? too, mine too. I really do. I, I fucking stress out about that all the time. The guys will tell you, I'm like, he doesn't want to be on here. Why would that guy <laughs> yeah. want to be talking to me? That's but, the worst. But the truth is, when we go on a podcast, you're trying to have a great conversation with the person who's hosting and, and put your best foot forward, just like the host is doing. My only tip with Matthew McConaughey, and you've already done the interview, is don't call him Matt. I yep. introduced him as Matt because, you know, I'm a big shorten the name guy. Like, yeah, I might have yeah. called you Ty off the top. Like, it yeah. just... Uh, but he, he was like, yeah, you know, you're interviewing me for this, this book that I just wrote. And one of the chapters is about my mama said, don't call me Matt, call mm. me Matthew. And I, when I tell you, I felt this small and then the tape cut on, he's like, let's get going. I was like, you know, it's like throwing a pick six, your first drive oh, at Lambeau or something. No, dude, yeah, but it went did, great. You know, Jerry did great. throw an interception the first drive. Um, <laughs> I was, dude, I was on set filming a commercial and I hand my phone to my, cause I, cause there's no TVs around us. We're outside of a house. There's like no one. And obviously we're filming. So I hand my phone to my buddy, uh, to my assistant, Andre. I'm like, Andre, dude, Thursday night football. Got it on. I'm like, yeah. tell me everything. Yeah. Like what we are driving. Okay. I had to run, I had to run over. We're like, we start the shoot. We're filming. Like we have like a 10 second break. I sprint over to the tent. I'm like, what yeah. happened? He goes, you guys threw interception. I'm like, ah, you're trolling. <laughs> He's like, you're trolling. You're trolling. He's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. The Packers have the ball. I'm like, stop. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I get it. All right. Stop fucking around. Like what happened? And he goes, I, I swear, I swear to you, you guys threw interception. It's going to be okay though. I was like, this is the worst ever. I don't get to watch the game and we already threw a pick. Oh, but this... I mean, if, if I were to tell young Tyler, young Ninja, if I were to be like, the Lions, they're going to beat the shit out of the Packers at Lambeau. At Lambeau. Yes, sir. Well, I mean, what in would you say? 2023, the year of our Lord. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
We love the style of play. What is your favorite thing about Dan Campbell? What's your favorite thing to watch with the Lions this year? Um, I still have PTSD. Like when I'm watching the Lions game, whenever I just see like a three and out, I get the biggest pit in my stomach. It's like, oh, great. Here we go again. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it happens to every team. So like I really have to stop feeling like that um, because they're, they're, they're different this year, man. And they look different. They look great. Their def- our defense is making plays. Um, really and my are. favorite thing about my favorite thing about Dan, obviously, is everyone's favorite thing about him. He's got the biggest balls in the planet, yeah. and I love it, dude. That's what the Lions fans need, right? Like, yeah. we 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 like the the going for it on fourth downs, very consistent. I feel like a lot of teams in the NFL. I love to see the stat, but I feel like a lot of teams in the NFL are going for it on fourth down, um, way more than they used to in these last couple yeah. of years. But like the fake punts, just the balls he plays, dude. You, he knows that. I mean, he's got this team behind his back, man, and. Um, I love it. I love it. You can tell. You can tell they want to win so much more. Like they're not giving up ever. Playing well, tough. Well, you're 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 a true fan because you got the Hawkinson jersey, which I, I know it means we got the draft capital for this guy, and this we didn't is have to pay him. Lions fan. And like, uh, you know, I think wearing an older jersey that's now defunct to the game gets you clout. Like it gets you street cred in that stadium because they're like, this is a true fan, and it doesn't hurt that you didn't have to pay him, as I said. But like the Dan Campbell <laughs> point you made. The only time I've complained about Dan Campbell's aggressiveness or lack thereof was a couple weeks ago against Seattle, not Mm. trying to win that thing in regulation. I'm like, that's what got us to the dance. I say us because I like the Lions, but that's what got Dan to the dance. If that team just continues to to wear that kind of personality on their sleeve, like they'll be all right. Who's your favorite player on the Lions? Is it Jared Goff? I love Jared. It can only be Jared's. Um, (laughs) my, My favorite player... That's a good question, man. Um, especially since we have so much new blood in and out. Uh, I mean, I want is in years past. It definitely isn't. It was. It was. Uh, it was Jamal Williams. I was very upset that we let yeah. him go, but it makes sense. Like his stats were incredible. He, he was into anime. I love that. Um, yeah. And you know, but we you know, we were just lining him up, like, giving him freebies left and right. Right. All those TDs. I wasn't too worried. I knew that Montgomery was going to be able to take his place pretty well. Um, but I, I, I can truly say that I don't really have one right now. If that's kind of I weird. The option oh, can I give you no, one no. guy to train your eyes on? Because, yeah, yeah you know, sure, this, sure, sure. This isn't the sexy pick, but, you know, if we're playing like Overwatch or something, yeah. I'm always the tank. I want the guy <laughs> that, that ratchets people, brings it to him, and boom, right yeah. in the face. This is what Panay Sewell does. <laughs> no, he's been killing it for the last okay. couple of games. Oregon and I feel Duck, like... offensive lineman. I just feel like it's a good combo for you. You're a DPS guy. Mm. This is your tank. DPS, of course. Love damage that. Per, damage when you're AT, per second. When we, when you're, we did the research. When you're AFK, you're watching Lions. You know, you want to look at a guy like Penny Sewell. See, I'm picking it up. He is Dan Campbell on the field. Like I know, love Dan Campbell's yeah. mentality on the field. I love I love Penny Sewell. I would say now if I had to get if I had to not guess just it would probably be Aiden Hutchinson. I love his yeah, energy. He's, uh, he's young. He's a monster. Um, I've never been more excited to watch defense. Yeah, which is like very. Yeah. It's not very Lions esque, right? Like we're like get get the ball in Stafford's hands. Throw it to like, Calvin Johnson. Yes, yeah. throw it to Calvin Johnson. Like get, stay on the field. But now I, I love watching our defense, um, so uh, were, I'll, I'll say Hutchinson. Were you happy for Stafford like when he yes. left? Because I feel like he's the one guy that the way he left and just Lions fans know what he went through. It's like, People's you know, champ. who's not going to cheer for him? Dude, I think you are – that's how you can tell fake fans apart. Um, anyone who's like, oh, Stafford should have stuck it out with the Lions, man. My, my guy was getting slammed, and he killed. still is, by the way, still yeah, right getting now. killed. <laughs> um, yeah, he had that one really good year. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I'm so happy for him. I love yeah. Stafford. I met him one time 
it was like I was like, dude, Stafford, I'm a huge fan. He's like, thanks. And then he just kind of, <laughs> and then he just kind of, um, but dude, he's just, he had a few words. Yeah, dude, he's a he's a hum, dude, he's a humble guy. He's a great guy. Uh, I love his uh, his toughness, and I'm happy for him at the Rams. So with the Lions, like you, you are kind of the most famous Lions fan. If you go by the metrics right now, I I, I don't know who who has more. I mean, there's Eminem. Eminem. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. Eminem. I mean, yeah. but like uh, in today's current landscape, for a lot of younger people who love to stream and all that stuff, like they know you. Like, uh, uh, is is this a big fraternity? Are there others? Like, or is it just Eminem and you, or are there other celebrity fans that surprise you? Not that I know of, man. It's really, it's real quiet over here in Detroit. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, it really is. I, I, we almost, we have just no one massive. I think like now we're starting to, you'll probably start seeing people come out of the woodwork, right? Exactly. I mean, They're the new my, America's team. A new America's, America's team. team. Come on, baby. Dude, the yeah. grit of Detroit. That's what yeah. I love to see. I'm, I'm yeah. sick of Dallas. Can Let's we all bring just say the that auto, the, Bring the factories back. Bring the auto industry back. Bring the Lions back. Speaking it can be of, America's da- team. Speaking of yeah. Dallas, I got to cool. bring up our guy, Tim. Okay, because Come on, baby. I, I, I've obviously been following you guys for a while, and I love the personalities between you, Doc, Tim, everybody, and you guys have done a great job. You've put the industry on your back the last few years. How do you expect you. this thing to continue to change, and do you expect him to be a dumb Cowboys fan <laughs> for the rest of his life? Yeah. I do, I do. Um, are you talking about the like the how do I see like streaming going? Yeah, and, how do you how do you see this thing continuing on in terms of you're moving into podcasting? Tim obviously is still massive yeah. in the space. Yeah, we've seen Doc mm. off the field, so to speak, and on the golf course without Demon. his getup on. These are guys we know by their silhouettes, you included, mm. and you can see it on the back wall. How do you think we're going to continue to be introduced to you guys, uh, particularly outside of gaming? Yeah, I think like literally everything you just said. Like I've been getting into golf pretty heavily too. So is Tim. So like um, more probably more like throwback sports hybrid stuff, right? Where it's like yeah. pro, like pro ams and things like that. Um, and the sports side of things for me, it's podcasting right now, and uh, and I love that. I think Tim, even Tim and Doc have messed around and talked about uh, getting a podcast together. So I think that it, it's like a from a, a content standpoint, that's definitely like the future of of kind of you know being able to sit down, record a bunch of episodes, work real hard, and then, like, play a lot later. Whereas streaming right now really is, it's, like, I always used to say I envied YouTubers, right? Because YouTube, you could sit down for, like, two or three days, crank out, like, 20 videos, dude. Just, like, have great ideas and just pump out these videos and then sit back and just upload them, you know, once or twice a week, whatever your schedule is, and then you can do whatever you want. Whereas streaming, you're physically, yeah. you have to be there all the time, all day. So if you want a lot of content, it's eight hours, six hours, and you're there. It's not pre-recorded. It's tough. Um, so, so yeah, I think like a lot more light on the you need to be there type of content. Um, that's where I, th- I see us going more than likely. And then as for Tim being a Cowboys fan, dude, being <laughs> I, you guys, dude, I, you you would have you would have wanted to are. have paid money to be there. When the Cardinals won, because oh, number yeah. one, I predicted it. I called yeah. it out at, at our and our my sports show with my brothers uh, and Kurt. And then I to to be there to watch him smoking his cigar, being yeah. like I had halftime, like how about the Cowboys? And we there? love Tim, and we of love Tim. Of course we do. But I love to hate Tim. Yes, dude. The There's nothing greater than seeing the life just kind of drain from his eyes yeah. when the Cowboys just inevitably throw that. You know, Dak throws that inevitable interception or. It's just like, what is their defense doing? So, um, it's awesome. I feel like Cowboy fans lead the league in broken TVs. 
Like they just probably they, yeah, aggressive they fans. They are aggressive and they, they like to break stuff. I hate buying tickets. I've been playing my whole life. Never had to worry about buying tickets. The ticket part is stressful. The game's stressful. The ticket part's really stressful. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. And with the Game Time app, it's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. If I'm trying to see the monster trucks for my kids or Willie Nelson for me and my kids, I can find it all in the Game Time app. Game Time's the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has the deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code GREENLIGHT for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code GREENLIGHT for $20 off. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. Uh, my question to you would be, with, with, with the amount of work you do, I think, like, I know you do some work with suicide pre prevention. Like, you focus on mental health. Like, how about for the... the the gamers themselves, like people who are making content in the industry, how easy is it to get burnout and just, just to be visible, like constantly under criticism to be shit talked to be like, nobody's going to feel bad for you. Cause you get the world by the balls, man, but you've earned it. And there's work that comes with that. Yeah. And then I'm sure there's some nights where you're like, I've had enough. Yeah. It's tough, man. I think now more than ever too, on just the internet side of things, it seems to be like pretty repetitive content. Like, um, and, and, and like predictable, I guess, not, is better than repetitive. Like, you know, a post comes out, you get a lot of hate for it or a lot of love. You know, you do something stupid, people try to cancel you. Like you come out with an apology video or some sort of apology and then you fast forward. Now, you, you know, it's like rinse and repeat. It's, mm -hmm. it's like a drama cesspool, which is what I'm trying to get away from with my show as well. Is like, keep, just keep it chill, keep it relaxed, keep it fun and keep, get, you know, a break from, you know, a mental break really from the online drama that is just every single day i feel like all over my you know newsfeed twitter um or x or whatever yeah. you want to call it and do yeah the burnout's tough man for for streamers too i mean i, I don't know i feel like there's a there's a lot of negativity in the so in much. the space i mean like just on the internet yeah. period now but i just anytime i've been i used to go into his twitches and like uh i'd have an alias and start fucking with him like he would have <laughs> he no did. idea it was me and I, you know, cause I didn't really understand the concept and everything. And I'd go in there, but like, there are real people in there that just, they live to antagonize and to troll. And, you know, like, I think the hardest thing for a content creator is to be relatable enough to, to engage with people and to be regular, but then it's easy to get sucked into these, you know, back and forth with people. And it always ends with them saying, I win, you're coming down to yeah. my level, Yeah. which is like, if the game's rigged, uh, so it's almost better to stay out of it. I was going to gonna ask you has, has, has streaming ruined children for you because i feel like they are their worst selves on, i love that you know like oh no, you're not wrong bro it's usually the you know yeah, well the one but you could tell though you could tell like the dumb shit talkers online like right <laughs> yeah. like they'll they'll, they'll, they'll they'll say like the very like pre very predictable stuff yeah. um and but you're, you're 
those are the only people that talk shit to me in real life. Like, yeah. you want to talk about like my cringest moments? It's like when a kid will just be like, "I'll shit on you in a one v one." It's like, really, really, buddy? You <laughs> know, you won me rust. Right, right, right. Dude, rust. I might fuck you. You up remember rust? rust? Remember okay. rust? Kyle, Kyle, I run rust. Commando pro. I'm like oh, the no. mayor of rust. Do you guys have a record against each other? Or do you, are you no, just, no. Don't. I don't play enough anymore Cri with the yeah. three kids thing. Again, it's kids ruining gaming. I mean, I've got uh, a room I pretty much live in in my house with a. Yeah, he's got the whole thing. He climbs oh, in there, yeah, bro. I saw your gaming setup. I'm His in, is pretty yeah, good I'm too. into i racing, and that's which is you know a racing simulator. I've got a cockpit at my house. I know exactly what that is. I know exactly okay. what that is. Um, you know, I've seen Star Citizen, and I've got a Thrustmaster, Hotus, you know. A Thrustmaster. I've got the Warthog. Hey, hey, that sounds, got, you might but need I to don't know, But I don't know how to set it up. Or I don't know how to set it up, Ninja. What I'm saying is I have some interests that are off the beaten path in gaming. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any off the beaten path interests in gaming? Are there games that maybe you wish people that, don't know you play? That you wish people liked more so you could do it more, you know? Yes, dude. Okay, so there's two games. There's my, but they, everyone knows about one of them. So there's this new game that came out, or it's been out for a while, but it came out on Steam recently, and it, it was like redone. It's called Digimon World New Order. I, I'm obsessed with that. I used to play Digimon all the time back in the day uh, on the PS1, and this is like a remake HD version of the game. Mm. It's fucking sick. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. I put 80 hours into this in like a week. It's a bit of a problem. Um, and then Final Fantasy XI, which is a super old MMO that came out like before MMOs were cool, if that yeah. makes sense. Like for the, it's like WoW will pull numbers on Twitch. Like you can yes. you can be a full time WoW streamer and pull like ten, fifteen, twenty thousand. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Or like a hundred thousand viewers if you're Asmongold and it's like a new patch or a new update's coming out or something like that. But Final Fantasy Eleven, bro, that game just never picked up. It's very boring to watch. You were talking uh, about you were well, talking no, about Asmongold. Do you yeah. like when the Fortnite stuff Things get unvaulted, you know, every week, and you yeah. know, it seems like it's a new game every month. And do you you have to feel the pressure to get on there and play and give I the do. people what they want? I do. It's great because it's great for content. It's great for clips on TikTok and Instagram Reels and all those places and YouTube Shorts and like it. Like that's like the street, the streaming world, bro. It, it, it's everywhere, like for content creation. But the streaming world is very it is cutthroat, man. Like if you really want to be good at it, right? If you if you, you it's like get there first have the coolest clip um you know or or if you're like cypher or some, or some of my other friends you do your informative youtube video where it's like what's going on guys and today mm -hmm. we're jumping in with the brand new <laughs> unvaulted gigastar yeah. hit and then, i love cypher great. too but that is you know too, all this stuff is great because that's exactly how i mean there's so many different genres within the genre yeah. of gaming it's like uh, an authentic voice, a, uh, mm -hmm. a studio journalist yeah, voice. Yeah, the intro voice. The oh, I yeah. hope, yeah, we got to bring, because we're doing this right now with our YouTube, yeah. and, like, any tips are appreciated, but, like, it's we're trying to grow the channel. We were late. Like, we fucking had the comments turned off for three years. We would check every once in a while, and we were like, nobody's commenting. And then one day oh, we were no. like, oh, we should toggle that on, <laughs> and we should get serious about YouTube. And now it's kind of blowing up, but you know, like, there's the, there's the, like, dead periods where you're like, where's that big pop? And they're mm. telling me I got to get, yeah, I got to do intros. I got to talk to the people. So, like, what's the number one thing that we should do if we're trying to, join, you know, grow our YouTube page? Yeah, I would say shorts, unfortunately, because I, yeah, I, I say I say unfortunately, but like th that way is the content. It's TikTok, yeah. it's shorts, um, and trying to just pull pull people from TikTok as well. Like when you do a podcast like this, and you have good good guests and whatever, and great conversation, good questions. Like you'll have these moments. These like, and they're not gotcha moments. They're that's a clip moment yeah and like cool you story. just do yeah, yeah cool story take that get really good at either editing it or like the 
find the best way to, to deliver that yeah. to to your YouTube shorts and then at the end do like a quick little, you know, hey, this is where you can find all this stuff and yeah. and, and then just keep producing the good content, man. I always say this on YouTube in general where like the people are like give me what's the number one tip for my YouTube channel, you know? I was like, all right, well, take a look at your content for real, step back, like look at the best person on YouTube that's doing what you're doing and then compare it to yours. Are you even close to that level of quality? Like yeah. Because the answer is usually no, if, yeah. if, if you're not doing well, right? So the, to the people out there with like 10 subscribers and they're like, what do I have to do to blow up? It's like, you know, there aren't many underrated YouTubers that don't do well. Like if you're yeah. producing legitimate, fresh, fun, high quality, great content, the thumbnails are banging, the videos are great, and you're doing the same stuff that other people that are doing that are really good too. Like it's only a matter of time. Just keep doing it. Yeah. Make sure you're uploading your shorts and uh and, and TikTok and stuff like that, and it'll happen. Um, and if it yeah. doesn't happen, we just become we do Twitch. We yeah. just start. We'll I just start to, riding we'll your coattails and at... play video games with you. Hell so, yeah, that's so a way. So <laughs> earlier you were talking about games that you used to play, mm. like uh, I think Final Fantasy came up, and then Digimon. Digimon? Yeah, Digimon, of course. But I'm just uh, like we all played a lot of video games when we were kids, whether or not you continue doing it as an adult or you're into Twitch, like for people listening to the show that are in this demo of like middle aged men, we're a little bit older than you. Do you remember games where, it, you know, you it just had your day by the balls when you were a kid? And like, do you wish any of them would be remade? Are there any that are ripe for a remake? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Thank I you. love that question, dude. Yeah. The, the, what game had my balls as a kid where I just couldn't get away? <laughs> yeah, you just um, fucking <laughs> you just no, no, no. couldn't turn it off. I couldn't, dude. Um, there's a bunch. The first off, like all of them. And when I say that, I mean yeah. obviously there were some more than others, but I was, dude. It, my goal was, what can I do around the house, like chore wise, whatever, to earn more gaming time in my mm -hmm. house. So that's kind of how I live my life. So yeah. that was like me going outside walking the dogs playing with the dogs outside doing a bunch of chores that earned me more game time which was great so i did all that shit um but the games that i was doing that for one of them is my favorite of all time it is not remade because like no one knows who owns the rights to the game anymore but the game is called legend of lagaya it's actually this tattoo right here is oh, one sick. of them you must yeah you gotta love that, that yeah game. one of the main characters it is one of the greatest video games of all time it's an rpg uh with one of the most unique combat systems like ever amazing storyline and it's never been remade and it's like 25 years old it's a very old game playstation playstation one dude it's a one it was one disc right so Jeez. like normally back in the day like with that with this much content that they had it was like 40 hours of gameplay to like yeah. start to finish if you're just kind of exploring and running it's like 40 hours back in the day one disc yeah that disc was making noises in there i was like yeah, it was burning, it sounded like dude. an air conditioning machine it was in there. dope Oh, so what about movies? Because I went to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles the other day with my kids like a couple weeks ago. And Full circle, like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, and I was like, oh man, I remember the arcade game, the whole thing. It's and... more like this, the, the, the side the uh, side scroll one, right? Yeah, with, the side uh, scroll. Yeah, you could play like, you could have, it was co-op too. Yeah, yeah, on Sega Genesis. I played that with my dad and my brothers. Yeah. Um, Pizza time. So like they remade that into a good game. I know Twisted Metal is uh, they're doing something with Twisted Metal. Wow, wow, uh, there's a wow. show. It's a show. They're doing like yeah. a live action or whatever. Yeah, that looks sick. Twisted Metal, by the way. My parents would ne never let me play that game because it was like scary. It, it was aggressive yeah. and like the clown car, <laughs> the clown ice cream truck or whatever. That shit yeah. was freaking horrifying. But dude, that game was fun as hell. My neighbor really had fun. it, 
and I played it whenever we would go there. They would host like these random dinner parties, like the whole neighborhood's invited. I would go immediately into the living room and just be like, let's play this game. Dude, yeah, and, and then there were all the horror games back in the day. What's the scariest game that ever got made that you're like, you would not, like for me, I'll be sitting there stoned playing a game, and I don't want to be too stoned and play one of these Resident Evils and have nope. a bunch of nightmares. What's the scariest game ever made? The scariest game that I played that was ever, that was ever made is, uh, and I don't play a lot of them, but I would say Outlast. Outlast. It was this, mm-hmm. you're like a reporter with a camera, and you're just, Going into an insane asylum. So it's like, like POV. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, seeing. POV, yeah, POV. Yeah, That's and spooky. You, oh, <laughs> like Silent Hill. Like. It's dude. It's uh, it was it Damn. was Silent Hill. By the way, was also a pretty messed up movie that kind of messed me up for a long time. Uh, yeah, as a kid. I was a kid and I saw that game and I was like, nope, not playing anymore. Yeah. No, I don't think yeah. so. Um, um can you, with that. Can you explain uh, something to me? Can you explain Mr. Beast to me? Because oh, Jimmy, dude, like uh, he seems great, and every time I watch his videos, I do it because I'm kind of like I just am curious. What 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 is he doing to tap into everybody's subconscious to make them want to, you know, because you know, obviously he has a lot of money where he can go do cool things and take his buddies to different mansions and have these experiential Mm. trips. But there's got to be something he's doing right, and you guys, I think, are maybe going to collaborate at some point or maybe have i don't know we have in the past yeah yeah he's he's a he's a legend right so what makes him so popular um so dude first off this guy's one of the biggest grinders in the world i mean i don't think anyone's putting literally i don't think anyone's putting as much time into their craft as as jimmy is like he doesn't have a personal life right now he hasn't for the last like seven years he's just been doing nothing but youtube videos i mean he'll, he'll every time he hits like a new milestone he'll post on twitter um, and just give you an example of like his growth over the years. And I mean, he had like five years where he would, he was still uploading a shitload of content and was just not, no one was watching. And then I think what he did was, and this is honestly like, I mean, he would just do the, this, this, the most random shit, like counting to a hundred thousand. Um, he's you currently know. got two people locked in a, in a lightless <laughs> room, right? For like See, so now, days. so, so I, I don't think you can even compare like what he's doing now to what he did because this dude has like, like this dude's he's gonna be the first billionaire on youtube Play money. and and it's you know it's seriously he's got so much money right now and <laughs> and he's reinvesting all of it like yeah. i think he'll say like oh i don't have any money like the dude is loaded if he wanted to be um but he takes everything <clears throat> and he's reinvested into his videos yeah uh with like these fucking nut, nutty ideas and i think the number one thing truly one of the most important things that he does and did was like dude he just throws money at people yeah and like yes. throws money in the in the video and like dude who do, first off who doesn't want to win that money number one yeah. so you have all these people who are trying who are signing up for it and two yeah. like who doesn't want to watch someone like who's going to win fifty thousand dollars who's going to win twenty five thousand dollars the lat and he's really good at editing and like yeah. ma- making the videos he like it's a lot of cutting it's very smart it's like it's very attractive to watch and like for for people with low attention spans it's only you know right when you think you're about to lose it's like oh here's a new scene or it's this it's this it's this and like so I mean, he's just it's got, got the algorithm. It's got to be tough for him coming from that production-minded background where he's making his own stuff, and for many yeah. of y'all probably, where you're used to being soup to nuts, the guy, and then all of a sudden you have a staff, and then you got to delegate. I think he, dude. I think it's just like I don't even think he, you know, has too much like delegate. I really just think he's like, guys, this is the video we're doing. Yeah, yeah. he's like yeah. Peyton he's Manning in when he's Peyton Manning in got his to Denver. Videos. He's yeah. like, hey. Yeah. I am the GM, yeah. the head coach, and yeah. quarterback. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty sick. Squid Game. So, so before we yeah. let you go, and I don't want to end on a negative note, but but yeah. like 
are there beefs in this industry? Do guys, or do, are there like rivals within the industry? And then how does that go? Are you like, <sighs> wait till I see you at TwitchCon? Yeah. So I don't. <laughs> so, hit you so, with a fucking controller, bro. I would say like the biggest like beef I had in the streaming industry was with Turner and like Tifu, and he retired. But even leading up to his retirement, like we like we had a, an adult conversation, and and we're like, dude, this is so childish. Like, let's get over it and yeah. just you know be buds. So like Turner and I are chill now. But even then, like before that, me personally, I I've never been in like a, oh it's on site. Like if I ever see you at an at an event, like oh like we're gonna throw down. And I don't think anyone really is like that. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a lot of like the streaming industry mainly, and YouTube kind of as well. Besides like YouTube boxing, which I also think is like super blown uh-huh. out of proport, blown yeah. out of proportion. Oh boy, um, it's mostly just shit talking. It's mostly yeah. just online bullshit. Like I don't think anyone ever like gets into legitimate scraps, um, even like at the high end, right? I think people are above it, uh, and it, it would never, you know, it would never really end well all, either. Um, well, good. We don't we don't do podcast beefs. We don't like beefs. By the no. way, the Mr. Beast throwing money at people model. I think we should try that. I think some of your money, just we just throw it. And <laughs> there you go, dude. And, 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 and the last Detroit lead I have for you is this, and you yes. probably have the way to get this information. Okay. Uh, but Eminem, I had a, one of my best buddies, James Hall, who used to play for the Lions. Like when you were a kid, I don't know if you yeah. remember James. When I was, was just still toddling yeah. around. Really good defensive end, but he played in Detroit long enough that he kind of knew how the celebrity fans moved. And evidently, Eminem used to come to games and sit in the stands, and he'd wear a mask. Like he'd go in there and wear like a fucking Halloween mask or something, so nobody could see who he was, and he'd just be sitting out there with the players. So I don't know if you you could uh, corroborate that rumor at any point or it'd be a good lead for you to investigate. You can, I definitely could figure that out. 100%. Dude, dude, I have so many contacts just... at Ford field and it, they have to, someone has to know. It's, is it rumor or is it truth? And, and so I just want to leave you with that. Kyle, you got anything? Uh... I just want to say thanks for coming on, man. It's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed watching you and uh, we look to listen to you on your yeah. podcast. AFK yeah, with dude. Ninja. Yeah. Any I've... big guests coming soon? Um, no, I don't know if I can, uh, okay, don't, don't dive I mean, I, ha- I have a couple, I have a couple, but okay. I don't know. I don't want to like spoil anything. I know. Cause you never know. They could cancel and shit. We right, right, right. Time. We have a couple stored too. And I also don't want to. Okay, good. Oh, Dude, course. guys, thank you so much for having me, man. I yeah. love the football talk. Great questions too. Um, and, uh, just keep killing. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks so. for being here and, and awesome, come back bro. again, man. We'll, I'll be checking Hell this yeah. stuff out, brother. It's good. It was Thursday. good to see you again. Okay. Yeah, dude. Absolutely, man. Take it easy guys. See ya. See ya, Todd.